Jason, this episode, like all of the ones before and hopefully all of the ones yet to come, is brought to the people by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! They are our friends and our partners, and there's a reason we like to call them friends. They're just good people. Good human beans. They are. They are good eggs. So we badgered you guys all through late November into December about coming over to Budget Blinds and giving a little bit of your time, maybe a little bit of your treasure to help the causes that they take on over and over again to support things that are going on in our community. And you guys came through. Last month, we had Santa come visit Budget Blinds, collected huge, giant stockings full of gift cards and cash and toys and clothes and various other things for the store, at least some at Social Services. And then... Last week, Lee Summit Social Services received a check from Budget Blinds through some other things that Budget Blinds does to help them out, a check for $385. So from Jason and Nick at Lee Summit Town Hall, a good on you to Budget Blinds of Lee Summit and to all of the rest of you, go visit them right in the heart of downtown. Tell them Jason and Nick sent you. again and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I'm Jason Norbury and as always I'm joined by a man who until today thought dry needling was just a weird way to make fun of someone. It's Nick Parker, the publisher of Link to Lee Summit. Guess what? It's not. And it's not acupuncture either because acupuncture I think is nice. Dry needling? Torture. There we go. And and so those of us who approve of torturing Nick think that your today's physical therapy session was great. But for poor Nick, not as much fun. Wah, wah. And our unofficial sponsor today is planning, which apparently we're going to do a lot of here in the near future. It's planning time in Lee Summit, Missouri. Jason, this whole show, in one way or another, is going to talk about planning. We're going to plan for some stuff. We've already planned for some stuff. We're going to plan to plan for some stuff. We're, we're just planning. Everybody, get your whiteboards. Get your dry erase markers. It's planning time. Metric ton. Oh, planning. A metric ton of planning. I want to start, Jason, with an interesting news release that just came out from the city today as we record. This is Tuesday. Work session for city council this week. So tonight, as we're talking. Last night, as you will hear it. Last night, as you're listening. They are going to be talking about how they might work with some private-owned land and how they can work with them to master plan what that land could be, what its future uses could be. And Jason, this is a whole lot of land. There's a lot of land. All right, so let's start with the the basics here. The land is officially owned by an entity called Property Reserve Incorporated, which is the property holding one of the property holding entities for the Church of the Latter-day Saints, the Mormon Church, the St. Luke or sorry, Salt Lake City, St. Luke City. Good job by me. The Salt Lake City You know, Lake if City I branch. edited, we'd take that out so you wouldn't sound crazy, but I'm going to leave it in. Yeah, even if you did edit, you'd leave that in just so I'd sound crazy. But so the the Salt Lake City, Mor- the Mormon Church has owns about 4,000 acres of land in Lee Summit, 1,000 acres up um, in the north part of the city on the east side of 470 between Woods Chapel and Colburn, roughly, and 3,000 acres in the south of the city that runs in kind of a uh, a northwest-southeast diagonal between um, Longview Road down to Hook Road and 291, roughly. And you can look in the city's press release, which I'm sure that Nick will link in our show notes. 
See, this is my revenge for not editing as I make you put stuff in the show notes. Uh, you can see pictures of the the land as it is. This land is sat undeveloped for roughly ever. Um, and up until apparently very, very recently, every time the city or someone from the city would approach PRI about using the land or planning for the land, the response was essentially something to the effect of, no, we're fine. We don't have any plans to do any development on this in the foreseeable future. No. Right. And this is still really early in the process. But I think what this is is, is they have decided – that now is the time. Now is the time to go to the market and see what it is, whether they want to sell the land or whether they want to be the ones to actually actually, actually be the developer. Right. And to develop in that. Jason, this is real early in the process. So what I want you to do is, is, is again, second week in a row, put on your planning commission hat and talk to us a little bit about the process of what what is now starting and where that goes. Okay, so this is a little bit unusual um, in that this land has sat there for so long. And they're in the comprehensive plan of the city, which doesn't require any input or uh, or any permission of the landowner. There are designations that are roughly put on there. But when a landowner, especially one of this size, wants to think about the development of that, you want to think about it sort of holistically. How do these pieces of land fit into the city as a whole? What does the landowner would like to do in terms of development? What do they not want to do? What does the city want to do? And so there's going to be some negotiation and working together to think about that in a bigger picture process. Out of that, we'll probably have some, um, we may get a, a master planning document or master planning application that will come through the planning commission and city council. We may get some rezoning. We may get um, we may get an initial development plan. We don't know. I mean, we don't know where that's all going to go. It's an interesting set of timing, but um, I think it's 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 part of the city's going to have a conversation. You know, our planning department and our administration and the city council will be in conversation with PRI and their representatives to to work towards something that makes sense, and then they and then PRI can decide how they want to pursue going forward. Well, that is master planning for a particular portion of land. The next thing I want to talk about is strategic planning for the city as a whole, which is another process just now getting ready to start. Last week, the city council heard a presentation from the consulting group they've hired, Novak Consulting, who will who will help lead through this process. In this process, the mayor and the city council will act as the quote-unquote steering committee. So it's a little different than what happened when we had at least some at 360 and some other things in the past. Jason, this is a totally different kind of planning. This isn't looking at that one particular piece of land. This is more 30,000 foot looking at the city as a whole. After hearing that presentation last week, what's kind of your take on what this, what this process is going to do? Well, it sounds like they have a lot built into the process that's going to involve uh, meetings in the community, getting a lot of input from various stakeholders in, in the process. I think one of the things to think about, though, is that it is, as you mentioned, it's not only 30,000 feet, but it's a much, much, much broader conversation than just land use development or economic development. This is a who are we and who do we want to be as a community discussion. Right. This I mean, is more than just land. This is this is going to get. I mean, in the end, and down, in, you know, as the plan gets created and then filters down to the use, this is going to be, you know, 
how what hours do our parks stay open and you know how regularly what kind of trash service do we want to have and this all these kinds of questions that are going to be you know how do we envision ourselves and then it's up to incumbent on everybody to start breaking that into how does that fill the vision of how do we do that at the city level so it it covers way 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 more than sometimes we get kind of focused here into economic development, land development, land use, those sorts of things, because that's where we sort of come from. This is a really bigger conversation about who we are as a community and how the city can help facilitate that. And this is a good place for us to throw out that in our Friday edition of the Town Hall podcast, our Friday conversation, that we're going to have City Manager Steve Arbo on with us to talk a little more in depth about this process and also how residents and people can be involved in that. Right. And I'm going to ask him also really important questions about uh, who he passes notes to in class at city council meetings and which city council person smells the best and other really important questions that are going to get asked on that podcast. So be sure to listen in for that kind of in-depth, in-depth report. I think you might get in trouble from the teacher on that one. Who smells best, Steve? Who (laughs) smells best? The last thing I want to talk about in today's show is I want to kind of go backward into what we talked about last week. Last week, we talked about the Planning Commission, where you sit as chair. We talked about the Planning Commission and a proposed amendment to update and change the comprehensive plan as opposed to land use. Most of that that we talked about was about this was an opportunity, this was a public hearing, so an opportunity for people to come and give input. Before we talk about that, Jason, give us a quick recap on what that amendment was and what happened. All right, so there was some um, land that had been annexed into the city over the last 15 years or so that did never received an official designation in the comprehensive plan for land use in the city. And this was an opportunity for uh, the Planning Commission to approve or choose those land use designations. Uh, as a whole, note. There were three main sections, one up north, one down south, and one at Blackwell on 50. And the one up north and the one down south were mostly kind of predetermined because they're uses that were already in place. The section at 50 and Blackwell is primarily undeveloped. And so those designations are going to have a little bit more of an impact. Most specifically, it related um, back to an application that the Planning Commission heard and then continued about a potential apartment development at the 50 and Blackwell interchange near uh, a subdivision and Highland Park Elementary. And there was a lot of strong feelings expressed um, at that meeting. And so this was, we, and the planning commission had continued that application so that we could establish the comprehensive plan designation and see how that might impact that, that going forward. So that's the, the slightly longer than you wanted summary. Mm -hmm. We're going to get into kind of some stuff behind it, but real quick, what was the decision? All right. So um, essentially, the the proposed apart the land on which the proposed apartment development would be sat. I guess I'll put it that way. Try to use all my tenses as effectively as I can here. You're going lawyer on us. I know. Our um, one the southern half of it was designated for medium to high density residential, which would be kind of what we would consider the land use for apartment complexes. And the northern portion of it, the part closest to the elementary school and the single family subdivisions uh, behind there were primarily, was designated as medium density residential. And that's really more duplex townhome-y 
kind of in scale. Now, I, I will say this. Those are not binding. Like, it's not law. It's really more of a guide for development. But given the time frame between when we make the designation and when we might hear an application, obviously that should have some pretty clear impact on, on what, what we might be seeing coming forth. But we'll see when we get to it. All right. Well, I think what I want to want to ask first is, what was the public voice like? Did we have people show up? Did we have people? Do you say testify? Is that the word? Uh, yes. Um, we give. I, I think the phrase I use is have testimony or comment regarding an application. Or, well, what, or, or how was hearing. the public response? Is really what I want to know. I will say this: is when the apartment complex came uh, several months ago, there were over a hundred people who appeared. Um, and not all of those people come to speak, but they do appear in, in the audience. And, and probably 20 people gave testimony. Um, this time it was probably like 25-ish people in the audience, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. And there were a few, half a dozen or so primarily, that gave comment or, or testimony. The commentary was generally very good. Um, well, this is what we want. I mean, right. when you, when you, whether it's you and I who just want to always encourage public involvement – or you sitting on the dais during this process, you want public input. Right. And I will say this. There's far more for a comprehensive plan amendment than we've ever had in all the years that <laughs> I, I, have been, so. I have been on there. And it was good conversation. Um, it occasionally got a little too focused on the uh, apartment complex and not much on the land use designation. But by and large, people were on, on point, on subject, and, and, and everybody handled themselves in a very good way. Well, and that leads me then to uh, – if I can ask this question, um, what you heard from them and how how that played into to your thinking, and, and if you want to speak for the body, I guess you can, but what kind of things did you consider before making the decision, and, and how did what what the people giving commentary said, how much of a role did that play in your considerations? What, I, I will speak for me as a planning commissioner, and, and I... You know, I won't say that that speaks for the whole body, but I think we do tend to follow a, a similar path. And even if we get to different results or different processes, and it was not a unanimous vote. Um, it was, uh, I think, the one one there was one dissenting member who thought we should hold on to it for a later time. Um, actually, there were two. I apologize. There were two that thought we should delay um, for a, a future time. What? Essentially, my theory was is I was very interested in the process that the staff went through to get to the recommendation that they brought us at the public hearing on on Thursday of last week. They held two public meetings. They took comments. They collated all the comments. They listened to the, one of those things, and then they came up with a designation. That designation and, – and I'm going to – pardon me. I'm going to get a little wheezy here for a moment. There is a subpart of the comprehensive plan. It's called the Thoroughfare Master Plan. And, and when that application came – the apartment application came the first time, there was a designation sort of planned into that Thoroughfare Master Plan that was of a higher density than the – what we got in the comprehensive plan amendment. So I asked – I asked the staff. I said, you know, why did you make that decision? What was the key points? And they, they indicated that – Given the public, you know, the public interest in this particular piece of land and the concern about a buffer between the single family and the high density stuff or highest density stuff that we would have in Lee Summit, that they thought that that medium density was more fitting with what that is. So what I took is that we had a good process, that the staff took that information, listened to the public and came out with something that attempts to address the concerns that were at hand. And to me, that's a good process. 
And when you have a good process and you have good professionals, and I feel that our planning staff is a very good bunch of professionals, I tend to kind of go with those recommendations. And so that was my take on that, is that they had taken in that input. We didn't hear any strong opinions that pushed in a different direction at the meeting. Um, and so it felt kind of like those were lined up and, and it made the vote relatively easy in my eyes. Well, I appreciate that insight into kind of the process and even your process for how you how you come to a decision. I hope I hope others do too. I think, you know, we like to talk about process a lot and I think that makes that makes things clearer for for residents of the city to know how decisions are made and and how how we how we plan for the future as a community. That's going to wrap us wrap us up today. For this episode, I hope everyone will come back and listen on Friday as we have a conversation with Steve Arbo. You're going to find out who Steve thinks smells the best, man. It's going to be great. (laughs) You know, I think a lot of people either forget or it's easy to kind of forget that there's a city manager, somebody kind of actually running City Hall and taking what what the council and the mayor put as, as, as goals and plans and then actually making that happen. So we'll have Steve on for the first time. Jason, mm-hmm. first time he's going to be on as a guest at, for for our show. He's going to talk about the strategic planning process. So, hey, go out to your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on most of them. Subscribe to our show. Catch it every episode. Hey, give us a rating. Give us some comments. We'd love to hear back from you. Thank you. Ryan, I'm excited. I just finished week two of your, what I'm calling the system shocker for week (laughs) diet plan. I know you have more in store for me, but I I don't want to hear you because I'm still scared. Hey, guess what? Good news. You haven't heard this yet. Down eight pounds. Nice. Good for you. Down eight pounds. Yeah. So that, I I feel good. I think the the heart temptation part, I'm past. Mm Mm-hmm. Use that willpower. I use that willpower. There was, there was one day. (laughs) There was one day and I'll I'll tell you what it was. It was early on when there was still leftover bad stuff that you wouldn't let me eat mm-hmm. still in the fridge. Yep. Got to dump it. Got to dump it. Sayonara. Totally. We had like a little <laughs> ceremony in the house. Uh-huh. We said bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs> yep. I know. I tell everybody, clean their pantries, throw it away. It's painful that you spent money on the food to get rid of it, but it's very rewarding and it helps it helps build your confidence in this whole thing. Well, we're moving forward with this, I, and, and I kind of want to know now why why are you doing such a a, a system shock? Because because these first four weeks are not the diet you're really going to have me on through most of whatever program we're doing. Yep. So what we're doing is we're pulling a lot of water weight off of you. Okay, they're cleaning up your diet. So we're kind of restarting your system for, per se. So we're actually going to with the lower carb diet that we're doing right now is going to work on your insulin sensitivity. So if you're living a normal diet, you're gonna have high insulin resistance. Okay, we're gonna switch that to where you're insulin sensitive. So when I start adding back in low glycemic index carbs, your body's gonna react better to them. Awesome. Well, let's talk about, again, the importance of nutrition and of changing changing our diets. I know, you know one thing you said to me when I first met you, I interviewed mm-hmm. you for our show, yep. and you said, hey, food is fuel. You gotta change your way of thinking. Scared the heck out of me, because I'm a bit of a foodie. I yep. love to cook, and I love almost every food except for pickles, guys. That is the food of the devil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but tell me, why is it as important to have that mindset? And I know you're a bit of a foodie, too. Mm-hmm. It's not that Love you it, yeah, it's not that you don't like all the fancy great things, mm-hmm. but why is it important for us, even as a, as a culture, to change the way we think and the way we approach eating? Because the way we're thinking about it now is making us unhealthy and obese. 
you know that's the path we're going on and and it's it's way harder to eat clean than it is to eat dirty anymore i mean just look at day-to-day grocery stores fast food i mean it's impossible to eat healthy and if you can flip your flip your switch in your mind that you're going to start eating healthy and that food isn't important to you anymore it's just fuel then you can once you get to where you want to be you can enjoy those things every once in a while but it, you can't be day-to-day because it's it's that's what's happening to our society is that's why we're overweight that's why we're obese that's why we have all these diseases and everything is because of that can i tell you the one thing i miss what? The one thing I really miss? What? Pizza. Pizza, yeah. I mean, I love tacos. We talk about yep. tacos on the mm-hmm. show a lot. Yep. But my, my true gluttony love yep. is pizza. Yep. We'll get some weight off once we get to your maintenance thing. You can enjoy pizza once a week. You get a cheat meal once a week once we get through this first phase. I got to earn it. You gotta earn it. You know what? You gotta I'm work already for at the it. point where I, I feel like I haven't earned it yet. Yep. I'm not ready yep. for that. Step. And I guarantee pizza sounds really good, but once you eat it, you're gonna get sick to your stomach. I just had a client that had a cheat meal this last week, and she texts me, and she threw half the pizza away because it just made her sick. She wanted to go vomit because she's been eating so clean. So that's where we want to get you to, where you don't even think about those foods like like you used to. Okay, but Ryan, don't ruin pizza for me. I don't. I'm gonna try not to. All right. There we yeah, go. the Hawaiians already did. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will stay on with this diet. I promise. And really, because I'm also scared. (laughs) If somebody else wants to learn more about fitness and changing the way they look at food, Ryan, how can they contact you? Uh, Go to my website. We do free consultations. Come in, tell me, ask me any questions you have. It's www.shredkc.com. 